Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host Scott and with me in the studio as always is Dan. How doing? I'm good. Very good. On this week's show we have a very special guest calling in all the way from Montpellier in France. We do. And that is Hector Pardot. Yeah, Hector is an international open water swimmer and Olympic hopeful for next year's Tokyo Olympics. Uh, welcome to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, Hector. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Excellent. Well, we just want to start off with uh, your younger days then. So you started off at Ellesmere Titans, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I started off at Ellesmere College Titans um, when I was eight years old. I, uh, I originally went there because I was at a swimming club where the hours were just not really enough and I, it was quite difficult balancing my school and swimming. So okay. um, Ellesmere College is one of the biggest boarding schools with like the best sporting in the country. So uh, I got a scholarship to go there and uh, I kind of just studied and swam until I was 18. And then after that, this year, I made the decision to pursue my swimming to the next level and take a gap year out for which, well, the Olympics, if they hadn't been postponed, I was going to try and qualify this year, but they've been, now the qualifiers been postponed until next year. Yeah, so are you taking a second gap year for that? Uh, so, yeah, um, I've decided that I'm going to take another gap year and stay where I am in Mon- Montpellier with my coach, uh, who's called Philip Lucas, and um, try and train for that. The qualifier is in uh, it's in Japan, a place called Fukuoka, and, and it's, in, uh, May, May, it's on May the 31st next year. Okay, so you say you, um, you train in Montpellier. What kind of made your decision to move down there? So it's a long way from home. Yeah, so I it, the decision basically my my old my old British coach is uh, Alan Bircher, and he was like always into open water and stuff, and he won a silver medal in the 2004 World Championships. Okay. Uh, in the 10k, and so he like kind of got me into open water, but I never really like fully just pursued open water. I always did open water and some, uh, like pool swimming. So my training was kind of like mixed, but I would average probably around 50 kilometers a week uh, okay. in the 25 meter pool. And then I um, I always was excelling in the open water. Like I wasn't really, I was I was quite good in the pool, like always like top top four in the distance events in the swimming pool. But in the open water, I was much better. So um, I decided this year to take the gap year. And the best place to go was with Philippe Lucas as He's like, like renowned for being one of the best coaches in the world for distance swimming. Oh, very good. So it was only very recently that you realised that you were better suited to open water then? Yeah, yeah. I only fully started uh, training purely for open water this year. Oh, wow. I didn't realise that. So what's the, um, what's the major difference between open water and pool swimming then? So the, I found the major difference is that the distance you like you swim per week like when i was swimming open water and pool mm. i was swimming like like i said like 50 kilometers a week but much more speed work and uh, like 50 meter 100 meter 200 meter pacing yeah and like, stuff like that whereas we're the training i've been doing this year it's much it's much like more bulk training big big sets and uh fast turnarounds and just trying to get as fit as possible really yeah so 
as strong as possible. So if the sets are different then, does that mean your your technique changes in terms of stroke technique? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've noticed that my technique's changed this year. Um, last year, like, my, my technique was always, like, more leg-orientated, and I found it really difficult at the start of this year when I came to Montpellier because my arms were, like, so weak. And so when we would do, like, uh, sets with just with elastic around your legs and uh, pool, uh, a pool boy and paddles, I'd really struggle. Yeah. But I, I, I just worked with it and made sure that I put more effort in, into that part throughout the year. And now I'm, I'm quite strong in it, so it's, it's kind of good. And I think that's helped me a lot. It was one of my performances in February when I was uh, competed at the uh, Doha World, World uh, Cup. Yeah. 20, and I did quite well. So is that technique something you had to train yourself or during your training, your kind of te- training program, was that built in for you, some sort of technique base? Because I know when you're doing a lot of meterage, there isn't so much time to do technique. I kind of just adapted it to myself because uh, at the start, I was really struggling. Just it. like when we would do like um, sets, I would, do my like my normal stroke like and I would get really really tired and compared to some of the other swimmers that have been training here for um, like much longer than me they would just be destroying me so okay. I kind of adapted to just start using my arms more because I feel like over a long distance your arms don't tire as much as your legs because obviously your legs are a much bigger muscle yeah and uh, that's helped a lot with my training right like, I'm more consistent, you know. Like I can keep hitting the same times. Yeah, so you had to take a kind of proactive approach to it. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a very, that's a very it's, progressive approach from someone who's actually quite young in the world of swimming. Still, it's very interesting because I do when I used to swim at Cardiff, all I did was kick sets. So oh, yeah. yeah, a yeah, lot of yeah. kick sets. You but, were a two hundred. But I was two hundred and four hundred swimmer, so it's slightly different. So. No, it's really interesting. So with these sets that are really long then, because at the moment you're doing like close to 90k weeks, how do you stay motivated? So, so uh, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Like, mo- motivation sometimes is like really hard when like you're waking up in the morning mm. and you know you've got to do like a nine kilometer session. But um, it's always just like the end goal, which is, is just the next competition or which this year for me, which was the qualifier in May. That was like my, my aim. I was just always thinking about that, trying to trying to progress and keep digging d- deeper. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, make that race easier. So with the with the qualifier in Japan, then there's there's four people that can qualify. Is that right from from GB? Uh, no, there's two people. Uh, only two from, uh, could qualify to go to that race. Oh, one female, one male. That's right, isn't it? Uh, no, two, two females. Oh, two oh males. just two. That's, two that's why you're thinking of four. Oh, okay, I see. I got you. <laughs> right, I got you. Um, staying on the training side of it, you also do land training as well. So, of course, with yeah, the yeah. with the ninety kilometer weeks, you then have to squeeze in land training as well. So, what does that involve exactly? So we do quite a lot of like weighted, like gym work, and that's always before the training. Oh, okay. uh, as um. Oh, blimey. My coach Philippe says like we can never do the gym after. It's like when we go on training camps sometimes and we can't get the pool time and the gym. We'd have to do the gym after the training camp. Just a no go. We can't go on that training camp. We have to go somewhere else because the gym's so intense and with the swimming as well, it, you you'll be like susceptible to injury and stuff. But yeah. yeah, it's a lot of weight training. We do a lot of pull ups. 
um, <laughs> with weight. Are you looking for a high rep count all the time? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a lot of high rep, but it's also quite difficult weight for me. I, I find because I'm quite weak. Like I don't have much muscle intent. Like so, um, the weight that I have to do because it, it's quite difficult. Because sometimes my coach doesn't understand that I'm not as strong as some of the other swimmers. So I have to do a quite a hard, hard weight for me with a high rep count. So the training after it, when I swim, I'm just dead. <laughs> I'm sure it all um, go towards something good, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's be quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so everyone in the UK has been out of the pool for COVID. How has it affected your training out there in France? I, I actually came back to the UK in um, March for. For uh, when lockdown started. Okay. So uh, I was in the UK for twelve weeks, or eleven weeks, or something like that. Have Have you been Have you been focusing more swimming in like lakes and rivers and wild swimming right now, as pools aren't open then? Um. So, well, I'm back in France now, but when in during the lockdown, uh, I went back home, and uh, I'm very lucky to. Ha- I have a swimming pool at my house. It's uh, like an eighteen meter swimming pool, so I was able to uh, maintain. Okay. During, uh, because obviously France went into lockdown as well from like March till early June. Like, I think they came out of it. Yeah. So I was I just stayed in the UK with my family because I didn't want to be like stranded here by myself because it's quite lonely. Yeah, nice. So um, you're very lucky that you kept um, going in the water. Yeah, yeah, extremely lucky. So I, I just kept. I didn't want to keep doing the same training that I was doing. But I just kept it going. Like, I kept doing like three k a day, just four, three, four k a day. Just keep it ticking. Yeah, so exactly. when I did finally get back in the pool, it would be much easier to just go straight away. And things are back to normal for you now. Yeah, yeah. So I came back to France seven weeks ago. Um, we, we, I didn't come back to Montpellier. We went to uh, a place called Saint Tropez, and mm. we were in this camping facility, and we were kind of just like camping there and training two times a day and. The first week was seventy-five k straight away. The first week for me, which was really difficult. You yeah. should see Scott's face. Scott's a sprinter, and he hates anything to do with anything over two hundred meters. Really, isn't he? Yeah, Sugarwood. no, I. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my nightmare. Yeah, we've actually had there's this boy who's been training with us this week who trains in um, the city. So there's two fifty meter swimming pools in Montpellier, and uh, we train in like an outdoor one, and then there's a, and then they pick one. Mm. And um, he trains there, and he's like, what, he's the fastest eighteen-year-old uh, fifty-meter freestyler in France. I think he swims like twenty-two-nine, and he's been doing our training for the last four weeks. Oh yeah, and like he has just been absolutely dying just at the back of the lane, like going like one twenty-five on hundred freestyles and stuff like that. It's tough. I remember at Cardiff, we had three weeks of eighty-k weeks, and it was it was a killer. My arms at the end of it were burning. Um, so I yeah. can't imagine what it'd be like to do week in, week out for the whole year. Must be insane. Yeah. I was going to say, do you have any down weeks? Because that is quite a high meterage to maintain. Is there any gap in your schedule at all? No, literally, like, none. It's like we just bang out 85k minimum a week, every oh. single week, four, okay. four, six weeks a year. So, so what kind of recovery out of the pool is much more important then? Looking after yourself. Yeah, yeah, recovery out of the pool. We don't do anything easy in, in the training. Like, it's crazy. Like, we even our warm-ups are timed. So we'll get in, 
will swim like a 2.4k warm up, but it's it's you gotta you can't just swim it easy. You've gotta you gotta put a little bit of effort in, and then we'll go on to like a main series, which is normally like maximum maximum effort, and then we'll do like a maximum kick set, maximum paddle set, and then a maximum uh, pool boy elastic and paddles, and then we'll just do a 100 easy, and then we'll get out. So there's only 100 easy in the whole uh, in the, the whole training. Is that any? Is that anything to do with how you race open water? Because warming up and warming down to me when you're racing open water seems, well, seems quite hard getting in and out of cold water. Um, no, I don't think it. It's just like high intensity. Like everything's intense. Um, there is actually before like a ten kilometer, you do normally have like a forty-five minute window, uh, about an hour before the race to warm up. And after you can warm down, it's just in the section where the race, like, course isn't. Okay, so in, so you, if it is really cold temperatures, then you've got time to acclimatise to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's always normally a warm-up before you do a 10K race. And oh. some of the swimmers, when they go onto a pontoon, uh, like, like, splash themselves with water to try and, like, acclimatise. Yeah, we've seen photos of you just sitting with your feet hanging into the water. Is that your way of getting ready for it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or maybe I was going to the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we looked on your uh, Twitter feed, and you've you've written loads of posts and stuff. But you're you're also quite uh, you're keen into cooking. Yeah, yeah. I've started um, started taking some photos of what I've been eating. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. you're a vegetarian, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've been a vegetarian all my life. So yeah. how do you get enough calories into you? For all of this training is my question, yeah, and protein as well. And yeah, protein. Yeah. yeah. What would your advice so, be this year? Um, I don't know. It's been quite difficult for me because I was always living at home or boarding at Elsmere College, so I would always have food just given to me. Like, but this mm. year, like, I've definitely had to learn how to do all of that and stuff. And my mum gave me a lot of vegetarian cookbooks at the start of the year. How I get in the calories is normally. After training, well, before training, um, I tend to eat like four, four or five like biscuity type snacks, and then after the training, I have uh, I don't know if you you know the the Quakers golden like or porridge like sachets. Yeah, yeah. Add like uh, I I uh, get my mum to send me them over from the UK as I can't actually find them in France, and I normally have three of them with with some milk, and then I add like chai chai seeds, peanut butter some like granola and uh, I sometimes have like uh, frozen fruit with it and that's quite a high calorie like calorific meal it's like a thousand calories I think with a protein shake um, and then for lunch I tend to have like just a big bowl of pasta with vegetables um, and then I have like a, a protein sauce like a you can get a vegetarian like fake meat like burgers and stuff and and at the start of the year, I found it quite difficult finding all of that here because I don't have a car either. I don't drive it here. So um, it took me a while, but I, I managed to find it in uh, one of the supermarkets. And then for dinner, I pretty much have the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're slowly learning as you go, basically. So the next year, yeah, your, yeah. your next gap year will be hopefully a lot easier for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, next year, this year has been kind of difficult with cooking because I'm in quite a small apartment because when I came here like 
um, I wanted to, it, it was a gap year, but it wasn't going to be like just a luxurious gap year living in a nice apartment and stuff. So I took a student accommodation. Okay. And so yeah. uh, it's, sometimes it's quite difficult because my room, my room is like 25 square meter and um, the kitchen is only a two hob kitchen, uh, like on the cooker. So it's really quite difficult sometimes cooking like meals and preparing and stuff like that takes a long time because you have to cook one thing and then you have to put it and then it goes cold and then you've got to cook the other. If you're cooking like a meal that takes like three or four different things. Yeah. Well, it does sound like you're fully invested in what you're trying to aim for because... I think you've got to be. If you're yeah. going to go to the Olympics, it's got to be all or nothing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's good to hear that you're all in on this experience. So, so what do you yeah. do if you're not swimming and you're not in the gym and you're not cooking? What do you do as a, as a downtime for yourself, like a hobby? Um, so, uh, yeah, sometimes we, we eat out as a group, as, as the swimmers, quite a lot. We, on the weekends, we go to re- a restaurant or something and have a nice meal. Yeah. Um, sometimes we, like, go play crazy golf or something. Just socialise, like, really, or shopping. Just stuff like that on the weekend. It sounds like you're a really close-knit like squad over there. Do you help pull each other through? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really close. Um, that was a, one of the things I really found difficult at the start of the year because I was like quite shy with coming to a whole new country and stuff and not speaking the language. But once after like a, I don't know, like six, six or seven weeks, I, I settled in. And yeah, we really, we're really like a family here. Like it's quite nice. Uh, every weekend like we cherish the weekend like that's what you look forward to that's what gets you through the week just looking forward to doing something on the weekend well there was something um, I actually wanted to bring up because you did a charity swim for UNICEF is that right? yeah 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 during uh, the lockdown yeah and was it for if I'm right you did it for supporting kids during the virus? yeah yeah so I did it for children around the world who will be financially affected by the coronavirus yeah, and it was you and someone else. I can't remember his name now. Uh, yeah, it was one of my friends from Ellesmere College called Adam Metcalf. That's right, yes. Yeah, and you did 15K, didn't you? Um, and the target was like, uh, was it £1,000? And you hit that target quite comfortably. Yeah, I think we got uh, 1200 I think we finished on. Oh, that's um, amazing. But yeah, the target was 1000 We had some generous donations towards the end to get us over that mark. But yeah, it was... It was really good fun. I really enjoyed like doing the swim and raising the money and promoting it all and stuff like that. That's amazing. Well, I think we've um, we've actually talked about someone else doing swims for charity as well. Hmm. So um, we we would all support stuff like that, which is great. Okay, so to finish yeah, yeah. off, we've got a few questions from our listeners. So if we do like a quick fire kind of question round for you, yeah, does okay, that sound yeah, good? Okay. Uh, how do you cope with cold water? Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know, like, obviously splash yourself before you get into the water. Mm. Um, try and control your breathing, I'd say. And, um, I don't know, I'm not very good with cold water. I, 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 in open water, like marathon swimming, you normally wear a wetsuit when it's cold, but I definitely say try and climatise before you get in. Yeah. Um, trying to like control your breathing don't let it just panic and then you definitely will start getting cold yeah. and always like keep moving you know? don't, yeah. don't yeah. stop or speak or just keep moving so with the, with the cold being in mind then uh, do you train outside during winter 
Yeah, we do train outside um, during winter. I think one of the coldest days that we trained was like minus one. Oh my. So what was the water temperature? Uh, the water temperature is like, it's always warm. Uh, it's like oh, because you're in a pool. Yeah. Yeah. Minus one. That'd be chilly, it, wouldn't it? Yeah, did, did that have any? Did that cold or cold temperature have any effect on your actual technique of your swimming at all? No, not really. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, you don't really feel it when you're training here because obviously when um, it's an outdoor pool, but we've got like some like this chalet thing that we do like our gym and then stuff before the training. So we're in that, and then we all have like huge parkers that we walk to the end in, and then. We, it's like kind of as soon as he says go, take your pack off and run as fast as you can to get into the water. <laughs> and um, and then yeah, but the water, the the, the pool steams off like really quite hot air because the pool's being heated, obviously. So it's, it's you don't really feel it until you get out. But then you just put your parka straight on and walk into the, the like the shallow where there's like nice warm showers and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So would you do, you wouldn't do any lake swimming or open water swimming during winter then? Is it just all pool based um, during that time? Yeah, I don't do any lake or uh, training during winter, no. And I, I don't really do any lake training during summer. I used to last year when I was um, training in Ellesmere College. I would go once a week down to my local mare, Ellesmere Mare, mm. and I'd swim there. But yeah, it's just all pool training here really. Okay, uh, here's an interesting question. Um, are you worried about what else is in the water when you swim in open water? Uh, yeah, Sometimes, when I first started out in open water, I was like really, really scared of just like even fish. Yeah. But but now I'm not not really scared. Really, it's like you just, when when you're like warming up or like a few days before the competition and you're not like going fast and you don't have any adrenaline or anything. You do like start to think, oh, what could be below me and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But then when you're actually in the race, it's you've got so much adrenaline that you just you don't worry about it. You're just thinking about like keeping on the person in front of you, see, try not to get beaten up by someone next to you by hitting <laughs> you with their arm. Yeah. And just trying to finish. Well, we very recently did a lake swim, didn't we? And it was quite shallow, like there was loads of seaweed on the bottom and all the mud was kicking up and I was I was actually petrified. Yeah, you there were screaming. There were times where I was getting really scared. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, uh, during the 15-kilometer swim that I did, uh, some of the mirrors in England are, like, really shallow, like, two meters at the deepest point. Mm. Yeah. So when you're swimming through the seaweed and it's all going through your hands, it's so disgusting. Oh, I'd much rather stick to pool swimming with the chlorine to kill everything off, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that just about rounds up everything we have to ask you. Sounds good. Um, thank you very much, Hector, for coming on to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. I've thank you very much for having me. I've certainly learned a lot from you. Um, oh, I have as well. In yeah, the loads. sense that I don't ever want to train for open water because the distances <laughs> are incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, very very good luck to um, the qualifier in Japan. In well, When was it again? May the 30th? Uh, May the 31st. Next 30, 31st. Year. Yeah, well, good luck to you for that, and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see you in Tokyo. Yes, yeah, hopefully. Thank you very much for having me. No, no thank problem. you very much. And, um, thank you. Yeah, um, so that's it for this week's show. Please subscribe to the Propulsion Swimming channel for more weekly tutorials, podcasts, and challenges, and I will catch you on next week's show.